0: Shows that make you laugh. Shows that make you think. Music that moves you. It can only be one place. Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at UBNradio.com.
1: Animal Magnetism, exploring animal care for creatures great and small, conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio.
2: Hello, listeners, lovers of animals of all stripes. I'm just sitting here sort of playing with my microphone a little bit and it's just so everyone can get, everyone can get a load of me. That's exactly, that, that. that's all we want. Once again, Animal Magnetism, welcome to this episode. It's not a single voice. This, uh, this effort is a combined effort. Many, many, many voices, and we have a number of them on with us today. Very excited. Uh, we have Grace Stafford, who will be talking with us about the new decision by TripAdvisor to um, eliminate... Animal encounters from their uh, from their roster of places to go. We're also going to be talking to him about the fact that he just opened yesterday, Dolphinaris in in the desert in Phoenix, and uh, he spearheaded that wonderful wonderful attraction. We're going to be talking to him about that. As usual, I am joined by my co host Andrea Compton, who's in Seattle. How's the weather?
0: Uh, storm of the century, apparently <laughs> here. Not so much in
2: in the valley,
0: but yes.
2: Okay. Send it our way.
0: Send it go. our way, my
2: dear. We also have uh, Camille Lacotte, who's going to be joining us a little later with for the, for, for the vegan chat. Hey, my dear. How's New York?
0: Hey, New York is great. It's uh, fully fall. The leaves are beautiful.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Gray, you're with us as well, of course, my mentor, Dr. Gray Stafford.
3: Good morning. Yeah, it's nice and sunny here in Phoenix.
2: Gray has had an exhausting day yesterday, but really <laughs> our very, very special guest. Jim, pronounce your last name for me.
1: Uh, Full name's Widowzinski, but I usually go by Widow for
2: obvious reasons. James James Widow, or Jim Widow. Jim Widow. You prefer Jim. We're going to call you Jim. Jim is our special co-host for the day because he was the very lucky winner of the uh, co-host for a day that I donated uh, in the charity auction at the Beastly Ball, the Los Angeles Zoo's Beastly Ball. You bid on it, you won it, and I'm very happy that you did. Apparently, they said that you bid on it uh, a number of times because you really wanted this, and I'm glad you got it.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I was uh, happy to get it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Excellent. Me,
2: so. Excellent. Well, I'm going to read a little I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about you okay. because you are an animal lover and that's what we have to have on this show. Grew up in the suburb of Detroit, Michigan. Beverly Hills Beverly Hills Birmingham Southfield. I didn't even know there was a Beverly Hills, Michigan.
1: Yeah, that's why it's like usually listed by all three. So, because uh, usually Beverly Hills they always think here are, Beverly Hills is just a little small place in Michigan. But, exactly. But exactly. When you say that, everybody knows. Okay, well, I don't,
2: but everyone else who yeah. knows Michigan does. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've been a member of the Greater Los Angeles Zoo Association yes. since 1984. God bless you. Thank you, because the, the zoo needs all the good members that it that it can get. Graduated from Michigan State University, BS in medical technology, BA in telecommunications, TV and radio, went through a pre-veterinary medicine program, connected in film thematics, and was almost a minor in theater. Ooh, interesting. And you still, but even now you do a little acting, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Worked at the Gasco Veterinary Hospital in Birmingham, Michigan, and you participated in a program during the Nixon administration to secure land for bald eagles. You received an award in elementary school for being a greenhorn ecologist for helping plant trees and plants around the school and promoting recycling programs involved in your ecology club in high school. And you are also a member of the San Diego Zoo, F-O-N-Z, Detroit Zoo National Wildlife Foundation, Cousteau Society, Humane Society, ASPCA, Heal the Bay, Gentle Barn, Linda Blair, World Heart. Well, suffice to say, it's been in your blood forever. Andrea usually has a question for all of our guests, and um, and uh, <laughs> you want me to just answer
0: it yes, before, she, yes, even yes, before it? she even asks it? Yes, before
2: she even asks it. Well, maybe maybe you already know, but yes. Andrea, go
0: ahead. Well, Jim, what what one experience? What one animal? bonded you know had that bonding moment you had that bonding moment with and said this is the path i'm going this is where my life is supposed to you know this is my journey now or, or animals
1: yeah I've, I've i've watched a few of the shows and i've, I've heard you ask that different people and it, i thought about it and i don't really have any one animal um it's i mean just when i was very young we had a pet dog and I liked him, and we, uh, the neighborhood that we had, we'd have sometimes, a, we'd have different people that, or uh, animals that you would find. Uh, there would be, like, a, we'd have a little nest that would appear in, a, in a, one of our, our trees or something that was next to the house, and it was eye level, so you could see the nest, and the robins would be in there, and then they'd have little baby robins and stuff. So I always liked animals, as it was, and that made me want to become a veterinarian at a very young age. And I just kept doing that. um, I just followed that all the way up and through college. And it wasn't until after I went through the pre-vet program that we had to declare, as we called it, a real major. And that's when I went to medical technology. But I had done some TV and radio in high school and started taking that and realized I liked them both. So I I went for both degrees.
2: No reason why you can't love both. Animals and acting. Hey, look, me, right here. Animals and acting. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. So a fellow thespian and a fellow animal advocate. Welcome. So, so happy to have you on the show. Now, I get to do something now, which is pretty much becoming my favorite part of the show. (laughs) Nina Gourmet Chocolates. The most delicious gourmet chocolates probably in the universe. At least that's according to me. When you were at the Beastly Ball, did you stop by the Nina Gourmet Chocolate booth? No, I didn't. Uh, Well, you're in in for a treat because even though I don't know you that well, I already like you. So you're in for a treat because normally I don't offer anyone... (laughs) I I usually want to keep them all for myself. Nina is H-N-I-N-A, but pronounced Nina, the H is silent. One of the reasons that I love them so much and one of the reasons that that, that they they were at the Beastly Ball is because, uh, and they were situated next to the orangutan uh, enclosure is because they don't use any palm oil in their chocolate. So they were there sort of to remind people that you can have a wonderful taste experience with no palm oil in it. Insane organic truffles made of raw cacao, sprouted nuts and seeds, just a bit of raw honey, pure maple, and pure vanilla. No other ingredients or additives, no emulsifiers, waxes, refined sugar, dairy, coloring, nothing. You know, you think about all that, and you think, I never want to eat another Snickers bar in my life. Just pure, clean, pristine, amazingly nutritious ingredients. And now, for the unveiling, they send me a box for every show with the stipulation that I can't open it unless it's on the show. Look, here's the seal, unbroken. So what they do, they've gotten very smart because they know of my insane desire for these chocolates. They send me a couple extra little bonus, bonus, <laughs> bonus truffles. Here it is. Oh, amazing. And I'm going to actually unwrap one and show you. These are little, little nuggets of pure delight. There, I'm just going to hold it up. Uh, no other co- no other company has uses sprouted nuts and seeds in their chocolates. Only Nina. Here you go. Would you like to try one? Sure. For them, it's about being the absolute best, and it's true they are. No cutting corners, no sparing costs. Some of their truffles: almond, hazelnut, macadamia, pistachio, Brazil nut, almond, coconut. All of their packaging is compostable. It's not just recyclable, it's compostable. They're sold in some high end stores in Los Angeles and New York, but it's best to actually go on their website, which is www.nina with an H, ninagourmet.com. And that's all one world. My listeners get 20% off if you use the discount code Animal20. Ninagourmet.com, Animal20, all caps. They also have pure chocolate bars for anyone who doesn't eat nuts or seeds. Same pristine ingredients, 88% dark cacao, all vegan. And for pure vegans like you, Camille, who don't eat honey, they have a line that is only sweetened with maple. Total guilt-free pleasure, and they are so satiating. And believe me, this box, I'm I'm glad you took one, Jim, because it's just going to save me from eating the entire box all that more quickly. (laughs) Nina Gourmet. Use animal code. Use use the code animal twenty for twenty percent off, and I'm going to put mine back because if once I start, listeners, I can't stop. If you want to do something really good for yourself and for the environment, order these chocolates. Now, I'm not going to lie to you because this show is all about honesty, truth telling. They're not the most uh, they're they're not, they're not the most inexpensive chocolates on the market. They're just not, but it's because of what they have to go through to make each and every truffle, and it's worth it. Your taste buds will thank you. Yes, you could buy a Snickers bar and do something truly horrible, A, for the environment, B, for yourself. But if you want the best, you (laughs) will order these. And a little goes a long way. You can just take a tiny little bite of a truffle, like maybe once a day. Of course, I can't. I have to have about five per day. But you can take and it's and it and it satiates you. It satiates that lust that we have for chocolate. For chocoholics out there, this is the only way to go. NinaGourmet.com, Animal Twenty. That's the promo code. Okay. And we're off. Two topics to discuss today in depth. Unfortunately, Grace Stafford is well versed on both of them. The first being the fact that just just recently, just days ago, TripAdvisor announced that they were no longer beginning in twenty seventeen actually fully but starting with some some organizations now they're not going to list on their roster uh... attractions that have animal encounters right. for instance no more elephant rides no more dolphin in- dolphin encounters no more pet the tigers in the zoo or pet pet the tiger you know encounters like for instance in india or anywhere they have tigers and they this has come after a six month uh, you know, s- delving into with and in conjunction with organizations like PETA, organizations like the Associates Association of Zoos and Aquariums (AZA), um, uh, the um, uh, I guess the uh, HR, the World Wildlife Fund, World Wildlife Council. So, so we on the encounter side, we who enjoy those encounters. We are a little down in the dumps, but on the animal activist side, they are rejoicing. So, Gray, I want to take you back about four years ago to the time when I was in Thailand and Cambodia, and I called you from Phnom Penh, and I was inconsolable. And you remember that, of course, right?
3: Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you remember that, that
2: very, very well. And the reason that I was inconsolable <clears throat> was because I had been, in in filming this documentary, which is going to premiere in just a few uh, weeks, few short weeks at, uh, at IMATA, the co- IMATA conference in, in San Diego, but I was inconsolable because I'd been to an elephant performing camp, and I'd seen the... The inhumane treatment, the the mahouts sitting on top of the elephants' heads, you know, sort of whacking their ears with with the ankus, with the bull hook, um, unsuspecting, ignorant uh, tourists who just wanted to, to 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 get up close to an elephant, getting on their backs and tre- trekking through the jungle. I'd seen the elephants being trotted out to perform these sort of menial tasks and everyone was like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, never realizing what this animal had to go through to be trained to do those, to do those, to do those actions. And I remember sobbing to you saying, why do they go to these camps when right up the road in Chiang Mai, Thailand, is Elephant is Elephant Nature Park, is Lech Chilert's Elephant Nature Park, where they can go and have a true elephant encounter for half the price. And these animals are treated beautifully. So here I am crying to you on the phone, inconsolable, about a performing camp. Now, it's the same performing camp that probably will not now be listed on TripAdvisor's roster. So yay, right, but wrong. Tell me what I'm missing because I am now thrilled that, uh, that an organization like that won't be listed but the ramifications go even deeper, right?
3: That's exactly right. <clears throat> I mean, no one wants to see animals harmed or inhumanely treated. The problem, of course, is that TripAdvisor, in their dubious research and partnership with, with people who don't like animals in human care, period, Period. Um, what they've done is they've, they've, they've cast us all with one broad stroke. And, I mean, just, you know, where to begin, Carolyn? I mean, just to talk about elephant rides and elephant training, comparing it to positive reinforcement, reinforcement-based training of dolphins and zoo animals and so forth here in the U.S. and around the world in modern zoos, that, that is a disservice to those very customers you talk about. Because you're right. We want to educate people. We want to say there is a difference between this attraction and that attraction, and, and, of course, they turn to, to online sites like TripAdvisor for that information and, most importantly, for that rating system that other customers have provided. The problem is, is that what Trip, TripAdvisor has done is they've thrown all the good players under the bus with all the bad players, and, and they've sided with PETA, whose ultimate goal, of course, is to do away with all zoos, all interaction, all, all sorts of experiences, much like the one that your co-host Jim mentioned about you know, observing baby birds in a nest, that interaction, that contact with wildlife in whatever form changes people's lives, it just changed, like it did for Jim. It changed and, Jim's life. And TripAdvisor has been, willingly or otherwise, has been duped into this ridiculous policy, which disregards the accreditation standards of the Alliance members, of, of other zoos outside of the AZA, and uh, it's 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 a mess. It's an absolute mess.
2: Now, Steve Coffer, CEO and co-founder of TripAdvisor, said in a statement, at the same time, per, 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 parenthetical, at the same time that we are discounting and not listing on our roster all of these organizations uh, like the elephant encounter in, in, in Chiang Mai that I was talking about, even though I called you from Phnom Penh, my mm-hmm. encounter happened in Thailand. Just saying. He says, at the same time, we want to celebrate those destinations and attractions that are leaders in caring for animals and those in the tourism industry who help fur- further the cause of animal welfare, conservation, and preservation of endangered species. Now, I think he's not talking about those interactive encounters where the animal is enriched, exercised, stimulated mentally and loved and shown that they are loved and cared for with key, keeper keeper interaction keeper training because there are organizations that that fully vet the people that come in to you know obviously to, you know, in, into their encounters uh, they they mm-hmm. don't allow people that are you know for instance grotesquely overweight or young young children and those though but the individuals that would benefit are now not going to be able to do it even though they say they are celebrating organizations that still promote animal welfare, that are conscious, et cetera. So you're right. They haven't they yeah. haven't done all of their due diligence. They also no. say that there's going to be a way for for organizations to get back on the roster. But what are these organizations going to have to do?
3: Well, that's the devil's in the details, right? And I suspect that that, that CEO, he didn't write that statement. Carolyn, you know that as well as I do. Um, the fact of the matter is I doubt he understands the difference between a good welfare system and a zoo and aquarium and a, and a bad one. Um, this was a decision probably um, based upon a, a vocal minority of people, most of whom probably never even used TripAdvisor to visit an animal attraction because right. they're fundamentally against all of them. Exactly. And so I.E. That, yeah. That's right. And um, so to me, you know, I, the, the, the is, there are two issues as far as TripAdvisor goes. One is the, the ticket sales, the portal to buy tickets to go to an attraction, a zoo, aquarium, whatever. I, I don't care about that because most institutions have their own online portals to buy tickets at reduced costs and so forth. Right. What really matters is the TripAdvisor rating system. And that is has to be honest, it has to be accurate, and it has to be unbiased. And my fear is that by including groups like PETA, who are known anti-captivity, anti-zoo, anti-animals in any capacity in human existence... Um, having a, a seat at that table to determine what information is accurate and valid about zoos and aquariums in general. And I predict that, you know, I mean, think about online bullying and the capacity for that. I'm, I, I'm a subject of it. You've been a subject of it. Do and, that. and the reality is is that is someone who just had a great experience at a zoo attraction, maybe a dolphin swim, maybe a, um, a giraffe feeding exhibit, something like that, is that person really going to feel free to express him or herself, wow, the kids and I just had an amazing experience. We just had a, a foot-long giraffe tongue lick us in the face while we were feeding <laughs> lettuce. Are they really going to feel free and, and emboldened to, to share that rating, knowing that PETA's lurking out there, waiting to trounce on them and criticize them and to to uh, counter uh, uh, offer
2: well yeah, counter false
3: men. statements about zoos and aquariums in general? No, you- and I think over time you're going to see a, a a weakening, a censorship of that that, that valuable rating system.
2: Because you know, Peter will be monitoring that rating system. Of course, and they then they will, will be they will be sending uh, if if TripAdvisor is stupid enough to give out the email. And hopefully, it will be it, it will be a secure email site. Um, well, to, and, and know, here's P- the truly Peter will be Peter to... will, will be will be bombarding that that poor family with yes. misinformation.
3: Yes, and here's the really sad part. If you look at, and this is why I know TripAdvisor has not been serious in their due diligence, and they've not been talking to the right animal, the, the serious animal professionals out there, like the folks from the Alliance of Marine Mammals uh, Aquariums and, and Parks and others. When you look at all the advancements in animal welfare over the last 30 or 40 years, that's farm animal welfare, that's dog and pet welfare, that's horse training, bird training, zoo animal training. If you animal, look at all the advancements. Animals yeah. If you look at all those advancements over the last 30 years, at the somewhere deep inside those advancements, you will find a marine mammal trainer. The same marine mammal trainers that are advancing and promoting dolphin swim programs today that are done with positive reinforcement, that are done humanely. And that's the sad part is because uh, that whole profession is being demonized when, in fact, they have led to great advancements in welfare far of above course. anything that PETA has ever done.
2: Of course. and. And by the same token, they're letting one bad apple, one right. one uh, smear campaign, one one non-documentary known as Blackfish. Have, Jim, right. have you did you did you yeah, see Blackfish? I saw Blackfish. Yeah, one, so, and and it's a smear campaign. So they're letting they're letting one tiny little bit rule their world now. And they are right. ignoring all of the amazing institutions where people can go because, as we, as we, uh, so this is all we talk about on the show, Jim, right. which is the bonding experience that you had with, with your, with your, with your family's dog, with those tiny little birds, and you were able to get up close and personal. And bonding comes from not only sight, sound, smell, but from touch. And in fact, it's it's even it's an even deeper bonding experience when someone can actually go up. And touch an animal and understand and, – and the beginnings of understanding of that of that animal, its welfare, its life, its soul. It's you, – you just you, – you, I mean, you know, your system – you know this. Your system yeah. was infused with that,
1: right? Right. Well, well even – I mean, even in that aspect of it, it doesn't even have to be that up close. I mean, with, with – uh, I remember going in elementary school and going to the Detroit Zoo on a field trip. Right. That even going there and seeing the lions and the tigers and stuff in their enclosures and stuff – that right. you know that gets people interested in what's going on, and that might be the only time they ever actually get to see these animals. Exactly, in person.
2: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. Taking those encounters away from people is going to just lead the downhill spiral in terms of people wanting to care even more about the animals that are on this planet. And I think that's it's, right. I think if 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 TripAdvisor is actually serious. And I know, Gray, you're dubious and I'm dubious, but if there's a ray of light and if it's, if it's serious about putting in place <clears throat> caveats, um, a, whole, a whole rating system in terms of uh, uh, organizations being able to get back on that roster, that at least is, is, is perhaps a good aspect of this. But all in all, you're right, Gray, they've dumped the good in with the bad.
3: Right. And, and and like so many critics and, and, and some in the news media, quite a few, in fact, the assumption is that zoos and aquariums have done something bad and they now have to prove their innocence. And to me, that's just that. Well, I hate to use this expression, but it's rather un-American, isn't it? It's, it, um, it's,
2: it's exceptionally un-American. I think it's yes. I think it's exceptionally un-American, and uh, it's there's a there's a there's a all in all likelihood your yours truly will be giving a TED talk in just a couple of weeks, and you and I can talk about Gray the idea of lumping the good in with the bad, and and why zoos are particularly American. So we can that's we can we can we can great. we can roll that topic around for 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 my TED talk. Jim, Andrea, any thoughts on this? Camille, any thoughts on this particular decision?
1: Anyone? Jim? Well, yeah. well it, for me, well, it's just oh. with, with uh, the whole concept is that the, the, if you have the rating system with TripAdvisor... That will let you know which is the better places and which are the worst places because mm-hmm. people are gonna make comments and they're gonna allow you to know what's going on.
2: If if they're if they're allowed to make comments, Gray had a great point that because of cyberbullying, and PETA is known for cyberbullying, mm-hmm. if those families make say, Oh, I, you know what? I had a great time. I, I had to I, I bought the general admission through TripAdvisor. I couldn't buy I couldn't buy the dolphin encounter. I had to go to, let's say, Atlantis and Buy that separate encounter on my own. TripAdvisor wouldn't let me buy it, but when I was there, I had a tremendous experience, and I want to post this on TripAdvisor. That family may run the risk of being bullied by people like PETA, I mean, are being are yeah. being inundated with propaganda from Peter. So Gray had a Gray had a really interesting point.
3: Yeah.
2: Are those families going to be brave enough to go on?
3: Do you no, know what I mean? They're, and they're, they're- to. I mean, I think long-term, this is about censorship and steering the conversation away from those real experiences, good, bad, or otherwise, in the current rating system, and, and it being morphed into something that is purely or mostly propaganda, as you say.
2: People have got to start waking up, don't you think, Jim? Yeah. I mean, they've got to start waking up and, and, and understanding that PETA is, PETA's, in terms of animal advocacy, it's it's basically the devil. It's basically and you make you make a deal with PETA, and you're making a, you're signing your soul away to the devil. Because again, ninety eight percent of the animals that they take in, they slaughter. You ask you 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 look to PETA and you say, "What can you show for the hundred and thirty three million dollars that you've taken in this year? What is your what is what's what's the edifice that you've created? What is the program that you've created? Nothing. So it's basically all stunt stunt oriented. Andrew, did you have
0: something? I just was. The thought of a family being targeted like that—that that is just so frightening, and it's so realistic.
3: It is. It, it, it's, well, it's, it's, it's true. It's and really so scary. And, and, and Andrea, they don't even have to be targeted; they can just be silenced, and then that will affect the rating system. So one way or the other, it's 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 not good for open communication and freedom of speech and so forth. And and I just have to laugh because I'm reading the TripAdvisor statement right now, and the CEO who I'm sure never even read this, this I'm sure they didn't write it. Right, it was said, his PR department. They, ref- they refer to PETA as an animal welfare group.
2: Exactly. know. <laughs> I, re- I read that. <laughs> That's I read hilarious. That. It's, it that is hilarious because animal- it's so wrong.
3: Tell that, to the t- tell that to the 2,000 pets that they take in every year at their national headquarters and euthanize within right. 24 hours.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we hope that people will uh, continue to participate in the encounters. Um but but folks, here's here's the thing. Do your research. Check out which encounters, which dolphin encounters, like for instance the ones at, at at Atlantis, the ones at SeaWorld, all three SeaWorlds, which are geared towards education, enrichment, not only of the individual who is helping to, you know, for that, for that, for those few brief moments, train that dolphin, get in that wetsuit, get in that very cold water. Andrea and I can attest to how cold it is, but also oh, yeah. for also for the animal itself. Do your, do your due diligence. That elephant ride, that, 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 that elephant performing camp out right outside of Chiang Mai, right, don't go there. Don't go there. Yep. Don't ride an elephant in Thailand if there's a mahout sitting on top of it with a bullhook. Mm-hmm. Instead, again, do your research. Go to Lek Chilert's Elephant Nature Park where there's not an ancus in sight. There's not a mahout with a bullhook in sight.
3: So, and, and yeah. Carolyn, so, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but that, that's an excellent point. The biggest research people need to do is understand the difference between positive reinforcement-based training systems and punishment-based systems. Because to compare a, a dolphin swim program with elephant training, traditional elephant training, is absurd to you and I because we're familiar with the, the exactly. industry. We're familiar exactly. with training animals this way. Traditional
2: but, elephant training listeners being the use of the bullhook. Just understand that. And, and that's And, and that's and passe.
3: Yes. So to me, that's a bigger, that's a much, that's a, that is a very important lesson and and message that we all have to get out, that there are differences in how animals are fundamentally cared for and trained. And that's whether it's dogs in our home or animals in a zoo or elephants in a, in a, in a camp somewhere. And so that is fundamental to this conversation and completely glossed over by right do your
2: due diligence listeners who are planning a trip do your due diligence do your research it just takes a few moments and hey there's the interweb you can look everything up you
0: can look everything up um (laughs) Um, it's camille can i can i pop in for a moment absolutely Um, great i love what you said about you know when when families are given the opportunity to to see an animal in action like watching a bird's nest it's true they they're they become engaged in the magic of it and they're more prone to care and i've I've seen that happen here in new york city i'm a volunteer for the wild bird fund but also i think it's funny we're talking about all these 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 huge venues with dolphins and whales and and trip advisors making such a big deal here but how many people right now on a sunday will be visiting a a pumpkin fall petting zoo with their kids Mm. who will be you know petting these sweet little bunnies and the little lambs and what people don't understand Mm. and where where you know, it's our responsibility and we are doing it to get the message out, is all those bunnies grow into rabbits and the lambs grow into sheep and then they're either starved and not given medical care or they're sent to slaughter. So it's like, let's focus, you know, TripAdvisor, on, hey, let's boycott all petting zoos right. and these little pop-ups that happen around this time of year right. because
3: these animals are really prone to huge abuse. Exactly. That's my two well, cents today. And, and, and Camille, you are, you are so right, and the problem with that is... That's difficult to regulate and to criticize, yeah. and and frankly, there's no there's no uh, there's no stake in that game, if you will. But if you can if you can mm. criticize, you know, major zoos and aquariums, well, that's that's money for your coffers if you're PETA, right? So again, right. it comes right. back to what is what is a PR move? What is a revenue generating move for your for your membership? And what is truly going to benefit the welfare of animals on the ground? And you've hit the nail on the head. I couldn't have said any better.
2: Well, it's interesting. We might we might want to think about uh, thinking about proposing legislation to actually regulate those pop up petting zoos. There's no reason why there cannot be mm-hmm. legislation to regulate them.
3: And and there are some. There are some. There's Traveling some, but obviously, if, if, if yes. but obviously, yes. as
2: Camille knows, it's it's not enough mm-hmm. because those uh, those animals are going to be
3: well either starved just or slaughtered. It, yes and just as just as tripadvisor was ill advised to 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 broadstroke zoos and aquariums and elephant attractions and dolphin swims into one camp to to do the same by exempting camel rides horse rides petting right. zoos right. that's the same that's the same error in the other direction it, it, so a, absolutely. it really is a it really is a mess and i hope that all joking aside i hope tripadvisor Trip takes a step back invites some adults to the conversation and revisits this whole entire policy before they make a bigger mess. Of excellent,
2: things. excellent. Well, we can only hope. On that note, we're going now to Camille once again because our resident, yes! our resident vegan. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a vegan chat. It's it's time for the vegan chat right. with Camille Lacotte. Hi, honey. What Hi. Do you, what do you got I'm for so us? What are we going to chat about today?
0: The, the, we are going to chat about shiitake bacon crisps.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, I, Ooh, that I does not These, sound I, vegan I, I in the slightest. Um, <laughs> yes. The listeners and everyone in the studio today, after we complete the show, run out to your grocery store and buy some fresh shiitake mushrooms. Um, let me just back up for a minute. I'm, I'm getting this recipe from the wonderful Compassionate Cuisine site. It's CompassionateCuisine.org. And it is an arm of the wonderful and amazing Catskill Animal Sanctuary, which is located in Socrates, New York. Which you've been and to. Bacon. I, I Yes, I've been there several times. I've volunteered there. They do amazing work. Um, and their website is org. Catskill Animal Sanctuary. And they have vegan cooking classes. So, you know, you're being told, let's stop eating eggs, let's stop eating bacon. And, you know, some people, that, that's a hard uh, transition for them so they have the compassionate cuisine program to kind of help you through so you can still have that bacon-esque type taste on your food and let me tell you shiitake bacon crisps i think we should all try them and then come back the next show and talk about them because you okay. swear you're eating bacon. done deal done deal that's so a promise need...
2: listeners that's a promise so tell me I, because I, under, I understand how you can get chicken out of soy i get that but how do you mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. bacon it's magic, Carol. Yes, I think it's magic. Wave your, um, wave your wand it's and tell the, us.
0: It's, it's the mushroom itself because all you need, the ingredients, and again, this recipe is on compassionatecuisine.org. All you need are eight ounces of shiitake mushrooms, a quarter of a cup of olive oil, and one to two teaspoons of coarse sea salt. And what you do is you take the mushroom itself, you cut off the stem, which you can make for a tea later on, the taste is very mushroomy, but it's really good for your system, for your organs. So you take the cap of the mushroom though, and you slice it as thin as you possibly can. You take all those uh, mushroom slices, you put them in a bowl, you coat them with olive oil till they're nice and coated, and then add your sea salt and just whip them up with your hand. So they're all coated. Then you set your oven to 400 degrees. You lay out the little tiny slices of mushroom on parchment paper and you stick them in the oven. It takes about 15 to 20 minutes. And what you want is you want them to look almost burnt. And that's the key. You don't want them to burn, but you really want them to just like bacon, how bacon kind of curls up when you make it. Right. Um, they'll start to kind of curl up. You take them out, they'll cook a little off, off the heat and the olive oil on your stovetop. Then you just take, take the cookie sheet, they're on the parchment paper. Take them right out. Let them sit, and then try one when they're slightly cooled. Never again. It, really, it, it smells it's, like bacon, and it is the mushroom itself because she, those are the
2: smell like bacon. Smell and taste like mm-hmm. bacon. That's yes. By the way, and for those for those of my okay. listeners who kind of can't live without bacon, like you know, mm-hmm. Orange County Fair mm-hmm. chocolate covered mm-hmm. bacon. Bacon donuts, yeah. bacon waffles, ba- whatever, bacon popcorn. Bacon popcorn. <laughs> yes, um, I can live without it, but I don't like to, yep. and I don't necessarily want to. And now, I've got <laughs> mm-hmm. a new, a new recipe, Sh- uh, because you can yep. w- listen, guys. You can, you can pair this with eggs. You can pair this with. You can with, do anything with, with it. roasted dates. You can do. Oh, look! What, look, yep. it's, it's it's up on the screen. So, if you want the taste of bacon and the and the smell of bacon, use shiitake mushrooms. I don't. I mean, whoever whoever came up with that. It's that's that's, that's like the first person who ever ate an artichoke. How'd they figure it out? Right. How How did somebody figure yep. out no, that? No, it's
0: Chef Linda. Chef, it's Linda. Chef Linda. Well, bless you, Pastor Chef Linda. Linda. She is a marvel. Yeah, you can also put this, Carolyn, on vegan macaroni and cheese, which we can talk about the next episode. Okay. You can sprinkle this. My favorite thing to do this summer is I made a vegan potato salad, and then you sprinkle it on the potato salad. You can put it in wraps. I'm telling you, you'll never go back. On a a, a veggie
2: burger, you could have if you order a veggie a veggie cheeseburger with bacon and mushrooms. You can get double mushrooms because you're Mm -hmm. using the shiitake bacon mushrooms for the mushrooms with the other mushrooms. You got got it. You got it. It's just it's a it's Mm -hmm. it's a mushroom extravaganza. It's it's that simple. That's wonderful (laughs) news, Camille. That's just that's that's great. Thank you so much for that, honey. And uh, you're welcome. And we will be back at you in two weeks for. Mm, yep. You know, ma- vegan macaroni and cheese, uh, and also let's talk let's, mac and cheese next time. Let's talk mac and cheese. But I also want to just say one thing: it's also probably a hell of a lot cheaper than bacon. Hey, what do you think about it that? It is, listeners? and it's a lot healthier. It's a lot too. cheaper and healthier. Fat. You know me. You know me. I always, I always yeah. go for the capitalist mentality. It's, it's cheaper <laughs> than bacon, and it's, and it's better for you, and it's better for the environment, yes. and it's better for the pigs. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's and better for the animals. pigs. Thank you, honey. That was our vegan chat with love you. our resident vegan Camille Lacotte. We love you so much on this show. Thank you so much. We'll talk at you again in two weeks. Now, okay. We have love some, you guys. Yeah, we have some. We have some fun news to talk about. We've 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 gotten the difficult things out of the way. Do you think you're going to try that the, the the shiitake mushrooms? What do well, you think? W-
1: that would go. I was just thinking of where it would go good with. What it's it w- like a garlic mashed potatoes? Garlic mashed potatoes. You know, and throw oh. a little ba- a little bit of the shiitake mushroom. The I love the way you think. I um, love the way you think, Jim. So yeah, uh, I mean, doing with that or just omelets. I mean, because you want to do omelets, you can mix whatever you want, but throw some of that in, and you cover two things at a- once. You cover two
2: things at once, and it's crispy like bacon. Right. So there you go. Okay, I'm sold. I know. I know. Next time I go to a brunch anywhere, I may, and they have an omelet bar. I may bring my own shiitake bacon bacon chips in a little plastic bag and say, "Throw those in. No bacon, no bacon." All right. So uh, we have some very exciting news of which Grace Stafford is also intimately involved, has an intimate knowledge of, and that is your new facility, Gray, which you have spearheaded over the last six, seven, eight, nine months. And let's talk about. What opened in the desert yesterday?
3: Yes, thank you. Um, we opened up Dolphinaris, Arizona. Now, Dolphinaris, Arizona is located on the Salt River Pima-Maricopa Indian Community tribal land, uh, adjacent to Scottsdale, Arizona. For those who've been to the valley, before. and Dolphinaris is a standalone facility located next to the Southwest's largest public aquarium. And what we have here is eight Atlantic bottlenose dolphins. Um, where people can come in and have those intimate swim with the dolphin programs. Those uh, that we've just been talking about and uh, you can have that experience. You can do it from the dry land. We have a a unique dry encounter pool, which basically takes you below the waterline so you can look through code panels. It's great for school groups, for little kids who can line up and see the animals and for those people who may not want to get in the water uh, to meet a dolphin. Of course, we do have that in-water experience as well. So it's a very exciting thing. And what I love about it, Carolyn, is it represents about a $25 million investment uh, from a parent company located in Mexico called Ventura. Ventura is going to be Mexico's number one family amusement park and attraction company in 2017. It's that big. And because it's built on tribal land and because it was built largely by U.S. employees, it's going to be staffed uh, almost exclusively by U.S. employees, it's truly a multinational and multicultural success story, we hope, and uh, it's an investment in our community, and I think it's something that people will, will love and appreciate as, as time comes on. Tell comes us on.
2: about the tanks. Tell us about, 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 about how, how beautiful these tanks are, how large they are, how these eight dolphins have miles and miles and miles to be able to swim, and, and, and I'm assuming that they're incredibly happy.
3: Well, you know, dolphins of course are these were dolphins that were born in human care, so they've only known the love and, and care of their, their veterinarians, their trainers their entire lives, even in utero. And the habitat itself is almost a million gallons of seawater that we that we ship in uh, the, the raw salt materials and make our own seawater. We turn it over about sixteen times a day so the water is nice wow. and clean for guests and for the animals. And most importantly, we can temperature control the water. Um between 75 and 80 degrees. And that's important because many of our critics, many of our detractors right now are saying things like, well, dolphins don't belong in the desert. It's too hot in August for dolphins. Well, that's that's really silly. And it's a, it's a false argument. And it's one that, that many critics are making, hoping that the general public isn't paying much attention. Um, dolphins live in the water. Most of their body is submerged in water most of the time. And that's important because water transfers heat 24 times greater than it does in air. It's much more efficient to to exchange heat in the water. If you sit in a swimming pool for two hours, what happens? You come out with your lips are blue and your muscles are shivering because you're losing heat to that water so rapidly. Well, dolphins are in the same situation, even when it's 115 degrees in air temperature and the water is only 75 or 80 degrees, they're still in a situation where they're losing heat to their immediate environment, which happens to consist of water. But, again, never let the facts get in the way of a good story, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And that's kind of the situation we're dealing with here. Um, The other funny thing is, and a friend of ours, uh, Eric Davis, reminded me this a few weeks ago, there are dolphins in the Red Sea. There are dolphins in the Sea of Cortez, which is south of Arizona, and bordering the Sonoran Desert. Uh, In fact, about a third of all marine mammal species live in the Gulf of California, just to our south here in Arizona. And uh, it's a desert climate, right? And so, when people say dolphins don't belong in the desert, they really haven't looked at a, it map, from, a map. It comes from it comes from pure
2: ignorance, absolute ignorance, and an unwillingness right. to look at the facts because it doesn't it doesn't satisfy their own agenda.
3: That's right. That's absolutely right. And and speaking of agendas, what I what I really love about the the, the existence of our facility, which which was well underway uh, a year and a half before I, I joined the team, um, and and it really is a is a, a beautiful exhibit and one that I hope people will will come out and visit in the coming years. But what I really love about it is it stands as a, whether it realizes or not, it stands as a a defiant um, uh, in opposition to the narrative that has been portrayed lately from some of the national media, from some in the zoo community even, that we no longer need to have dolphins on public display. Nothing could be further from the truth, because our oceans are under siege, as you know.
1: Absolutely. Um,
3: California continues to experience an unusual mortality event with sea lions Mm -hmm. and other marine life right off your coast, starving because the fish have gone. And unfortunately, most people don't realize that this past year was almost as bad as the record year a few years ago. But the reason they don't realize it's so bad is because the pups are so emaciated, they don't even make it off the rookery islands around the Channel Islands to make it to the shores of Malibu or La Jolla. Uh, They're dying where they're being born and in great numbers. In fact, I think in the last 40 years of, of field studies, uh, the researchers have never seen such a low birth rate of pups as they have in this past season, and that's because the waters are turning warmer from climate change, from El Nino, whatever the situation may be, whatever the root cause. The fact of the matter is, marine mammals are starving just off the well, California shore. Well, the waters
2: are turning warmer, th- which yep. means that the mother the mother sea lions are having to swim out farther and farther away from shore because their their food fish, their prey fish, is now is not a is not a warm water fish. It's a cold water fish. So the mothers right. are having to swim out farther to get those fish, and they're leaving mm-hmm. their pups without mm-hmm. any, any ability to nurse. And these pups are right. starving to death because the mothers are taking care of themselves first, and then they come right. back into shore and they find that their pups are are, are starving or or are already dead. And, and, that's, and that's because the- yeah and that's
3: just one example of, right. of the crises that our ocean is facing and right. and who better to appreciate the importance of water and maintaining healthy uh, aquatic ecosystems than those of us in the desert where water is so exactly stiff. and so exactly. Uh, we think it's a good story we think it's a good multinational multicultural story i've really enjoyed working with uh, our native american community where we're located and um, i think that now that we're open and the animals are here they're going to melt people's hearts, and they're going to drown out all the, the noise from the few local well, critics. Well, I
2: think something that people might want to know is that because it is tribal land, the protesters are not actually allowed to stand outside the facility. So you don't have to worry about running the gauntlet of ignorant yeah. PETA protesters or ignorant protesters, period, who simply don't understand the the efficacy, the importance, the the almost the mandate of a, of a facility like this. Where, where it is, and m- hopefully there will be more all, all around the country. So n- no need to worry <laughs> about running the ignorant gauntlet. So go, 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 go. And I think something else that I want to, it's a, it's a fact, it's, it's just a statistic that I want to make sure that everybody knows is that 95, 95, or is it 98? Well, it's in the 90s, kids. Uh, 95% of all the life in the ocean. All the life in the ocean lives in a two-to-five-mile strip off the coast of every habitable continent. Actually, off the coast of every continent. And the things that you think leave out, live out in deep, 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 deep water, they don't. The things that are way down at the bottom of the ocean, you know, the, the Disney the Disney fish with, like, you know, the lights on it, you know, those, those crazy... Yes, yeah. crazy Deep-sea exactly. deep anglers. Deep-sea deep yeah. anglers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there, but whales, dolphins, y- including yeah. the largest of the dolphin family, the orcas, all the fish... Two to five mile strip, that is now become because of the overpopulation on this planet and the and the uh, the disregard for for, for 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 this particular habitat has now become full of condoms, syringes, human waste, medications that are flushed away, trash, plastic, you name it. That's what this. That's what these animals are living in now. So it is incumbent upon us to a have more, more, more parks, more, more encounters like this, because that, that will help save species because, and because people will be able to see them, swim with them, bond with them. And that's when the caring starts. And that's when people can little Timmy and Billy can grow up to be the next conservationist and preservationist and hopefully clean up those oceans because we have, we have destroyed their habitat. It is now incumbent upon us to clean up that habitat. That's the bottom line, and and dolphin encounters like like dolphinaris are 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 well on the way to helping. Would you go to Would you go to this, Jim? Would you Would you come with me and swim oh, swim yeah, with definitely. dolphins?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Have you ever the, Have you actually ever swam with a
1: dolphin? No, I haven't, but I have scuba dived before, so okay. So you know, you yeah. so, so you
2: see it, you see it. I'm surprised that you haven't seen if you unless you you know little little plastic wrappers floating by in the water when you scuba dive. Or God only in, knows what else. Well, mostly on, it, it, on the beaches when you go in. It's mostly get, yeah, right. That's
1: where you end up encountering a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, it's kind true. Of
2: stuff. But then that washes out with the tide, washes right. back out into the ocean. Gray, how was opening day yesterday?
3: Uh, we were we were full. We had uh, our, our entire schedule was booked, and then we had hundreds of people walking in from the aquarium next door, just trying to get inform- information about us and, and understand what we're all about. We were able to hand out some educational leaflets of things that people can do to lessen their footprint on the earth. And so, yes, we're all about having fun and family fun at that. But we're also about educating and conserving what's left of our planet. And, uh, you know, to to Jim's point about being a scuba diver, you know, the the cool thing about dolphins, bottlenose dolphins, I don't worry about them so much in terms of their uh, going on the endangered species list anytime soon. And the reason I don't worry about them is because most people know about them and care about them simply because – They've been in public display. They've been in zoos and aquariums for over 50 years. The species I worry about are ones like the little vaquita, which lives in the northern Gulf of California, just 50 miles south of Arizona, and that animal numbers in 50 or 60 or less, and it's going to go extinct in the next three years. Why? Because it's elusive, it's shy, it lives in murky water, and it's not in public display. Therefore, it's not in the public's mind, and they don't know about it, and they don't care about it.
2: Do you have any? Do you have any at the facility? Can you get some?
3: Oh, no, we don't. And unfortunately, you know, they're such an elusive species, they're really not on display.
2: And you can't take anything out of the wild. You wouldn't want to take anything out of the wild.
3: Interesting. exactly. Yes.
2: Interesting. Um, Now, let's talk about you and neoprene. Apparently, you were in neoprene yesterday? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes, neoprene. Uh, speaking of scuba, um, neoprene is great because um, you, first of all, you feel like a superhero, like you're indestructible, wearing a, a, a neoprene wetsuit, and it's in black; it's very slimming. So when you get to my age, you need to start worrying about those things.
2: <laughs> so you you actually uh, you you were in the you were in the water yourself yesterday, head of the park, and yes. you were in the water.
3: Yes, yes, That's the only way to be, right? That's that's the kind of GM I like. You know,
2: Andrea and I can talk about that just for just just a few moments. Andrea, how cold do you think it was when we got in uh, at SeaWorld with the uh, with oh with my the dolphins?
3: God, that water
0: was so cold, and you and I were both in full suits, and I just was shaking. But all of a sudden, there's a dolphin, and yeah. I didn't care anymore. I just didn't care how cold it was. No,
2: no, you didn't care a little more than I didn't care, uh, because when I got in the water, I think I screamed. Uh, for maybe a good a good thirty seconds, and uh, and and uh, startled everyone around me, and, and then and then I realized that there was a dolphin there, a which dolphin. which actually did it took my mind completely away,
3: completely uh, off the boat. You did not care anymore.
2: <laughs> Gray, where can people find out about uh, Dolphinaris?
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, they can go to dolphinarisaz.com, and uh, there's information there about the programs, about past conservation efforts that the that the uh, corporate-based company has done. You know, we haven't really launched those conservation efforts here in the U.S. facility because, frankly, we just opened yesterday. Uh, but coming forward in 2017, we'll be contributing to things like conservation efforts and stranding efforts along the Atlantic seaboard. Excellent. And, and devoting resources to some of those U.S.-based interests.
2: Well, God bless Ventura. Ventura, yeah, Ventura Inc., cool. Ventura, the Ventura Company. Bless them for uh, for for, t- for taking a stand, for investing in, a in U.S. jobs, right. the U.S. economy, and uh, and and in the preservation and conservation of, of of dolphins and hopefully other species. Do you have anything else besides dolphins at, at the at the park? Or, or, and if not, are there plans
3: to? No, no plans to it. It's it's d- a dedicated dolphin facility. Excellent. And that's cool because they they do that well, and that way we can focus on on what we do best.
2: Excellent, excellent gray my friend as always you know bless you, you you're, the karma points you are racking up are i mean you if, if you, you know you need to hand some to me you have enough You have enough already. You are you are you are you are an ascended master. You're an ascended master, and you need to you know you need to (laughs) swing some my way because apparently I think I need the karma points. But bless you for all the work that you do, you personally and 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 the organizations that you work with. And thank you so much for being my animal mentor. It has meant uh, the world to me. We'll talk at you again real you. soon. I'm actually going to talk to you a little later on uh, to talk about uh, my TED talk. So
3: sounds sounds good. So and, there you thank go. You thank you th- for for that because because of your powerful voice and your platform, animals have better welfare. Well, we I can that. you know
2: <laughs> we do we do we do what we can, but we do everything we can at 150 percent, right, Jim? Right. And Jim, thank you so much for being a co-host today. Um I, I so appreciate the fact that you, uh, that you bid on this at an auction, and I hope you've had a good time.
1: Yes, thanks for inviting me and letting me participate more in the studio Absolute. instead of just watching on YouTube. Absolutely.
2: So. Absolutely. Well, you know what? You know, there's always a the Beastly Ball next year, but maybe we'll actually have you on again. All right. Because uh, you're fun. All right. And you got a piece of chocolate. Yes. Which is, you know, Nina Gourmet, ninagourmet.com, the best chocolates in the entire world. Breakfast of Champions. Breakfast of Champions, yes. right there from Jim. And uh, use my promo code ANIMAL20 for 20% off and do yourself a favor. Do the planet a favor. B- but basically, it's really yourself. And you will not want to share these with anyone, so you may want to get a, c- a couple of boxes. Andrea, thank you so much once again, my, my amazing producer, for all the work that you do. I wish you were here. I miss you terribly, but I understand Seattle is Seattle's gorgeous, and it's just yes, where, you, yes. it's where you have to be. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But my my offer still stands. Um, If I am able to, I will fly you down for IMATA, the International Marine Animal Trainers Association conference in San Diego uh, in November so that you can also watch the premiere of Elephant Trainer in the Room, uh, the the documentary that I did when I was four years ago in Thailand and Cambodia, all about positive reinforcement training of elephants. It's a little dark. It's a little deep. uh, But it's... uh, it's it's very profound and informative. And Gray, Gray will also be there, right? Because you are the President of IMATA.
3: I will be the incoming president. yes. yes, so. you are yes, I, of yeah. course. I'm looking forward to introducing you.
2: yeah, I'm sure. me too. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to, can't wait to hear what he says. <laughs> Andrea, thank you so much. Could not thank do this you. show without you. You know, I love you madly. Tony Sweet, the handsomest man in radio. Thank you so much for being our board operator slash producer. And uh, listeners, We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Animal Magnetism. Join us again in two weeks. Uh, We have no idea who the guest will be. It's a surprise mystery guest. Hopefully it'll be Kanye Stewart and we can talk about Amish puppy mills. But we shall see. We shall see if if we are able to do that. And we might also have another mystery co-host. Exciting. Always remember in your daily lives, attempt to cultivate the preservationist heart. Because it will um, it will uplift your soul. It will inform everything you do. Find us at www.ubnradio.com. Jim, do you have any place that people can find you?
1: Um, just uh, I, I don't really have an online presence per se. I've got some Facebook pages and things like that, but uh, yeah, just look for me around in uh, local theater in Los Angeles. Okay,
2: so. go to go to Los Angelinos. Look for Jim. It's as simple as that. We will see you again in two weeks on Animal Magnetism. Thank you so much for being with us. Bye bye.
3: Something tells me it's all happening at the zoo. I do believe it. I do believe it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stand for honesty Giraffes are insincere And the elephants are kindly But they're dumb Orangutans are skeptical Of changes in their cages And a zookeeper is very fond of wrong Zebras are reactionaries Antelopes are missionaries Pigeons